and welcome to Kick Out 299. I'm Rachel. My pronouns are they, them. I'm Alicia. My pronouns are she, her. And today we are here to talk about an extraordinary book with an extraordinary writer and artist, and that would be Matt Charlton. Matt, could you go ahead and introduce yourself and plug yourself a little bit? Um, I, I'm Matt, and, um, and I'm here to talk about uh, a companion on a road less traveled and and I can't I can't plug myself I really can't <laughs> well then I will plug it for you yeah. <laughs> a companion on the road less traveled is now available on Amazon it is an extremely rare and incredible look into the lives of five professional wrestlers on their journeys throughout the world of professional wrestling um, this book is just soaked with the heart and optimism and hope for a better life and the dream of finding a path in our journey that leads to happiness. And that's just an incredible thing, an incredible book. And that's also who uh, Matt Charlton is to me. I don't know. I think you feel the same way, Alicia. Oh, absolutely. Well, you see, I definitely couldn't have done that thing. <laughs> it's super, super nice. But yeah, no, you should definitely check out that book. And um I want yeah, to say too it's... that Matt is the author of the J Crown series, which you can also find on Amazon. And you can always find Matt on Twitter at Shining Wizard Designs, where he posts all of his illustrations. And you can also contact him there if you'd like to purchase those, which I highly, highly recommend. My wall behind me has Matt's art on it, which I love to look at every day. So highly recommend that. I have a little uh, Matt wall as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's definitely worth reaching out and uh, purchasing pictures and purchasing those books. So on to the book that we are talking about today. Uh, what motivated you or inspired you to create a book like this? I mean, I think a whole kind of jumble of things, um, kind of very you know, specifically, very particularly in, in book form. Um, there was a, a period of time last year around about this time, it started like uh, about two months uh, brainstorming with um, Chris Ridgway as he was uh, going back to to Noah uh, for the first time in a few years, and just the back and forth um, uh, between us and and him talking about like the you know the the sensation of going back after all this time and just me trying to think what um, what he must be feeling the degree of um, expectation knowing how much it, it, it meant to him to to go back. I was trying to think of the best way that that could kind of be brought to to a, a broader audience, um, because kind of when he goes over there or when he would when he would fight, he would be I, I don't I don't know how people would perceive him. He'd be perceived in in the box as as portraying I don't know the the wrestler. He'd just be portrayed as as this two dimensional character. Um, without actually any sort of insight to the anticipation or to the depth of uh, what that moment meant to him. It was, and, and he's so, he's, again, incredibly giving, incredibly nice man. Uh, and he gave me uh, so many photographs and he, he talked about how he felt and how kind of um, happy he was that kind of somebody was, was talking to him about stuff that wasn't necessarily in the ring. And, um, you know, and then, then sort of life kind of took over and, and he kind of took off last year. I mean, he had an incredible year. Um, and you know, one thing and another, that, that kind of project 
to the side and kind of seeing that that was was happening, but kind of very, very taken with the idea of bringing kind of uh, the, the hidden thoughts and, and experiences of, of people who we really take for granted as important as, as wrestlers are to our lives, because we all love professional wrestling. Um, we sort of have a tendency to forget that these are, these are, these are people just like us with the same drives and motivations and, and doubts and histories. And, um, you know, and, that, and that's something that interests me anyway, you know, and, and it's something that's kind of informed all the previous books to a great or lesser extent. Um, but whilst the, the previous books, it's all about, um, not all about, you know, but memory or things that have happened and trying to remind people, well, this, this has happened and this is important. Um, it kind of this takes it to the the present and it's this this sort of constant ever-present need to remember that those things and the, the people that you're interacting with um are are fucking fragile or they've got they've got uh dreams and 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 ambitions that you're you're not aware of and that you don't see and um and so so i guess that i mean um very practically kind of comes from from that experience at the beginning of of last year with with Chris, but um, then it, it's something that just builds on kind of my my own interest and in just just trying to connect with the people that you see walking in the street every day and just understanding that they're they're part of you and you're you're the same as them. You know, no matter whether you like them or dislike them, there's this thing that <clears throat> connects connects everyone. So I kind of I don't know wanted definitely to put that into the the pro wrestling world and and and, and present something like this. You touched on everything that me and Rachel love about this project. I mean, truly everything. It's it's extraordinary and very needed and important. And we're going to touch on more of those things, I think, as we talk together today. But um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, just because you have this sort of interesting, tangible experience in wrestling too, and I am probably going to need help with the pronunciation, Matt, so I, I apologize for butchering it in advance, but you <laughs> were a part of the founding of Pro Wrestling. Is it Yuskadi? How do you pronounce Uskadi. it? Um, and you did wrestle on that first card. I remember your tweet about this. And I wanted to mm. ask about it because you just spoke very beautifully to how this, this project gets you this, this view of wrestlers that is, you know, outside of the ring, these very tangible things that are happening to them that don't necessarily take place always in the ring. Um, mm. But I wondered if you had seen something of yourself or your own experiences through that very particular experience of wrestling when you were putting this project together. Um, well, yes and yes and no. I mean, I, um, I mean, I, I started wrestling in, in 2002, um, like after a year in a, in a psychiatric facility, I kind of came out of that and, and as a way of getting my life together and dealing with sort of massive body dysmorphia, I, I got into to wrestling. It was a way of um, kind of mending the relationship with my brother as well and, and doing something together and, um, so we initially went off and um, trained with the FWA in Portsmouth because you know, Ring of Honor had just started up and they had a relationship with, with Ring of Honor. So that, that was interesting to us, but it didn't really work out. Um, and on the, the drive down, we uh, were reading through the PWI 500 and we saw the biography of a guy called uh, Magic, who is based in Coventry. And that was when my brother was going to go off to university. So we thought, well, that works out so let's go and see if, if he teaches people and he does and and that's where I met um Jetta so I've known 
and a Vicky for 20, 20 something years. Um, but you know, we're, we're not best buddies or anything, but we kind of, um, there, there's something about the people from that time who are just always you know, yeah, very, very close, even though we don't pay any attention to each other necessarily, but like they're, they're family and permanently family because that was where you learned to be, I don't know, I think when you learn how to wrestle, those, those people who you, you immediately are surrounded by, those people who help you, those people who help you develop and help you grow, they kind of draw back the curtain on an element of your personality or an element of, of life, existence, like this duality of, of being that you, you weren't necessarily aware of previously, you know, so, so all those people are always going to be um, incredibly important to me. Um, so it was, you know, lovely to write Jetta's um, biography. You know, it, it was lovely to to go through her life and and uh, go over it and see just just how important she she is and how how vital she is and how vital she has remained. Um, just how important a person she is to so so many people. Um, and that that was the really good thing with this. Um, in that I was able to personally go over everyone's biography and 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 work on well I think this might be important is this important and and then getting feedback on that and and to build a a, a kind of cohesive true vision because there's always that doubt whenever I put anything out and I've written about just this happened this happened this was important this wasn't important there was always this doubt it's like well was it important I think it is but maybe it wasn't to them or it wasn't in the broader historical context um but again kind of going back you know whether I see myself in it I mean I I think there's a lot of emotions which are, are very tangible and very relatable, but I think everybody arrives at certain destinations in, in their own their own way, you know. So the the one consistent truth is that everyone kind of wakes up in pain. And and that's a pain which kind of um, is is with you to a certain degree for the rest of forever. Your knees are always gonna be fucked and your neck is always gonna give you trouble. Um, and everyone is gonna again experience doubt and, and struggle. But I think the the experiences of those people in the book are are utterly unique to to them again because I, I I've, I've not been where they they've been and and I couldn't pretend to to put myself fully in, in their shoes. You you can empathize wholly with the emotions that they're they're feeling, but. Um, but again, the things that inform those emotions are, are very, very personal to them. And so, so getting insight into their lives was just this complete um, blessing, you know, and, and something I really, really, really needed to, to share and get out there. And we're really happy you did. And like, you know, we're, we're going to say this throughout the entire uh, episode. It's just, it just really reverberates throughout the uh, whole book. But what I want to know, and not just me, but actually uh, <laughs> Dr. Jonathan Foy, when we did a call for questions, also asked this question, really wanted to know, um, you know, what was your process like in reaching out to talent? Why did these talents, you know, stand out to you? I know you've mentioned Jetta, uh, but we have four other great talents uh, in this book. Was there um, really like a process to reaching out to them? And why did you pick these guys? Um, I don't, I, I, I'm really fortunate, really fortunate to, to be on good terms with a lot of people and who, um, and I think 
to 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 kind of base who I am sort of in a public sphere and, and I don't know Twitter and Instagram is hardly the, the biggest public sphere but I, I try and make everything I do um, again kind of completely respectful of, of whoever I, I put out there I've never kind of posted anything derogatory or critical of anyone and so when you know I have drawn these people in the past uh, they have made contact with me or you know, we've, we've established a relationship based on that and so for each of um, the people in the book I've, I've got a degree of uh, of an, a pre-existing relationship um, and it's always been super cool it's like um, like uh, Akari um, like followed me when she was still in Chile and um, when she became a wrestler I know that through kind of coincidence you know, I, I drew one of her first matches and she sent me a message saying, oh my goodness you know, I, I liked your stuff when I wasn't even doing this and then um again one thing that and i did her her first um merchandise so i, I drew her first t-shirt image and and so from then we, we kind of kept in contact roy Isaacs again like i drew a picture of him and he, he sent a pic uh, a message just asking it was like hey, can i get a, a copy of that and that was on the day when my then like six months um daughter decided to pull coffee over my my laptop and, and had fried everything. Was, I'm sorry, I can't get you a scam right now, but you know, and it, it was just incredibly um kind of generous and interesting. And Brian Keith, um again kind of I, I did a picture of him. We, we got back and forth, but the, the thing with Brian Keith, you know, um when I was doing the picture, um I started um uh, I like I had a promo going in my head and I, I kind of looked at the way that he looked and then and the whole thing with um uh, the man with the black halo uh, came up and I, I sent him the idea for the character and I, I kind of um, sent him the idea for the promo and he, he got back in and was like yeah I like that a lot and then and we started using it and then now now it's a thing <laughs> and that's who he is so we, we have uh, a connection um, which goes back a little way and I mean Tom Lawler the strangest one because like um although i'd drawn him before we didn't have much of a contact until like he went out into the booty can and um then i made fun of my brother and alluded to my stuff and i sent her a message and saying well if you'd actually like some of my stuff i can send you my stuff <laughs> and uh, he said no no it's, a, it's it's already on on my bookshelf i already have your stuff <laughs> so that, that was that was really nice um but, uh so no, I just they're, they're my friends, or I like to think they're my friends. And um, I sent messages to a few people, not many. I kind of always had in my head that I wanted to have um, maybe five, maybe six people in the first little book to kind of keep the um, stories as intimate as possible or um, to kind of keep the focus on those people. It's not just a, hey, here's a thing from everyone uh, crammed into this little little thing. I wanted. I wanted it to be an odd little keepsake and I, I wanted to reach out to those people who I felt I had um, kind of a, a genuine personal connection with um, because I mean I, if you're going to start somewhere I mean my my thing is I want to I want this is eventually to be everyone everyone understanding everyone else's thoughts and everyone empathizing with with everyone on on every level um, but if you're going to start somewhere, I guess you just start with your friends and you reach out to people at least who you know if they're going to say no, they're going to say no in the nicest possible way. <laughs> and so 
And unfortunately, like all of these people said, yeah, from the very first moment. And um, they were, I don't know, the, the way that they, they took my description of what I wanted and just ran with it in their own individual ways. It, just, it, it couldn't have worked out kind of better in, in reflecting what I wanted from them. And so, no, just again, just incredibly thankful that it worked out that way. These people who I have always thought were cool were genuinely cool. <laughs> and um, and they, they were able to, to share that with, with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny because you, you touched on something I'm about to ask you next, but um, what's really great about this project is that, you know, your your work in terms of the biography, that's sort of the grounding piece. It's very much you. You really shine through in the writing that you do in, in each part of that. So that's, that's fantastic. That feels very much like you. And then what's great about the different entries like you just touched on is that they're all incredibly different stylistically and everyone offered something a little bit different. And, and I mean, Akari's is, is, is so different than um, even the other four, which was um, tremendous. So um, that is kind of, you know, kind of what we wanted to expand upon a little bit more. It seems like you did give everyone sort of free reign um, in how they approached their story and what moments they wanted to write about. But I guess, could you expand on maybe some of your favorite stories that came up from when people were, you know, working on this with you? Um, just, you know, any favorite stories from um, those, uh, the different subjects from the book? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's it. I did give free reign and what I, I said um, was just like, uh, send me some, some snapshots wherever you are, whether you're, you're working out or you're on the road or whatever it is, just, just take a picture of it, draw it. And then any coordinated, discoordinated thoughts or, or feelings, whatever it might be, um, you know, and if it reads like kind of wrestling beat poetry, then that's better, that's, that's perfect. Because again, that's the, that's the nature of our brains, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of all over the place sometimes. Um, but they, they all then gave me their, their stories in, in very different ways, you know, like um, Jetta, God bless her, kind of wrote long form diary entry and she, she wrote everything out, you know, so you've got the British spelling there, which I'm not going to change and the use of the Oxford commas and, and all of this, you know, so the, the grammar is, is, is British grammar and it's, it's her voice and it's, um, Again, you know, she gives cheeky little asides, which to her and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't touch that in the slightest. That that's, that's purely her. Um, but then, yeah, little things like, um, say, Akari. I mean, her thing came from a conversation that we were having, and um, um, say, Tom. Tom gave me kind of extensive bullet points, and then it was like, so I'm doing this. So then that would give you, you know, kind of rain to link these things if you wanted and add different bits if you needed. Which I did a little bit, but not 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 overly. Um, I think I mean, they they all I don't, they all affected me you know, equally. I, I don't want to say that I have have one more than any other, but um, kind of Brian Keith, the way that he was sending me his entries, he was sending them via video, um, you know, camera facing the floor, or whatever. You know, he was he was just talking to me the whole time, and I got. Um, uh, uh, a bundle of them on New Year's Eve, and he was going through, you know, it's like a, a difficult time, you know, and he was, you could hear it in his voice, and you could feel a kind of a sense of, of doubt, and you can, but at the end, there's this, no, I'm just going to keep on going, and I'm thankful for everything, I'm thankful for all the opportunities I've got, and I'm just going to keep going, you can hear this resolve in his voice, again, so 
sitting on New Year's Eve and I'm, I'm writing this out and I see the, the news that he's um, uh, a replacement entry for, for Battle of uh, Los Angeles. And, um, and then he goes there and he blows everyone's mind and everyone can see um, that, that he is the tremendous talent that, that, that he is, not that anybody doubted it, but he is on a bigger stage and then a bigger stage and a bigger stage, hopefully in the future. And, um, and it was cool in a way that like the, the book ends or his part of the book ends without the PWG matches having happened yet. And so that's kind of safe in your knowledge that, that, that things do get better. And here he is kind of at the end of his little section saying, no, we're just going to keep on going and getting stronger. And you then know, because of what, what he's done at the beginning of this year and then what he will continue to do, you know, well, yeah, actually he's, he's right. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You really, really don't. All you have to do is, is fucking stick to it and, and just keep being yourself and keep going because, because things will happen. The unexpected will happen. You've got to put in the work and that that's true but then like his his own resolve kind of comes out and plays out in in real time you can see that that's incredibly special i mean the all of it really all the all the connections from all the people kind of really meaning the world to me i just want to say about brian keith too because his entry was one of the ones that i walked away feeling i think the most emotional about to be honest i knew his name I didn't know what he looked like until your art that you posted, Matt, which has happened to me more than once in just following <laughs> your art over the years. So there is that part of it, but I did not know that he was at that Noah tryout, which he talks about extensively in his entry. Me and Rachel followed that tryout because we were fascinated by Marafuji and Nakajima being there in person to be at that tryout. And we knew who had been selected, but I didn't know Brian Keith was there. I had no idea. So to experience that in his in his voice in the book of that disappointment of not getting chosen and what that means to people and then learning about his background and who he was trained by and that was a very like emotional like experience you could really feel that through his entry but I had known about the PWG stuff and that people were really excited for him so I kind of found out about his story almost like in out of order but it's still like it made everything sort of click into place and then just finding out over the last couple of days that he's going to have a match during like the WrestleMania weekend stuff in LA, his partner's Kenta. What an extraordinary <laughs> tag match to find yourself in. I've been thinking about that match nonstop. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that could be a tag match of the weekend. And, but that now that feels even more extraordinary that this is all happening oh. for him because I read that, that diary entry in your book and I felt his palpable disappointment in not making it and then him questioning what that meant for him and like that's sort of the the beauty and the power of that book and it's sort of um it's made me more invested in, in following him and I don't follow a lot of wrestling that doesn't happen in Japan but like now I have to follow him but like that's that speaks to the power of the book and his words and the way that you you work with these guys to make this happen so I just wanted to share that because I I really was um uh moved by Brian Keith and the work that he did uh, with you in this book that means the world, I mean, honestly, because, um, no, it's like wrestling is not just the wrestlers. Wrestling is, is the, the referee, the way it's photographed, the way it's written about, the way it's spoken about, the way it's um, presented on a, on a larger scale, you know, and to a very small extent to help anyone get over, to help anyone come to the attention of anybody has kind of been the whole, one of the, the major motivating factors for, for doing what I do. I mean, um, in terms of trying to find people who 
are not necessarily the center of attention, um, kind of very consciously trying to kind of present the broadest range of, of characters and wrestlers possible. Um, because yeah, you just want to be a positive force. And again, it's it's kind of all for for wrestling, for the for, for the art of wrestling, for for the reality of wrestling, like um getting these these people to to make money and, and getting them to to be able to do what they they love and to be able to contribute to that in any way whatsoever. It's kind of the only motivating factor uh, that kind of just just keeps me going. Because there are those days where it's like fuck it, I should just disappear. And and take everything down, delete delete Twitter and delete Instagram, and, and but then that would be, I don't know, a disservice to everyone who kind of uh, I've kind of uh, tried to to benefit. You know, if if the whole thing is to to catalog an industry and to to present people as being important and to present them on whatever small platform you have, these people are important, and then you yourself disappear and you yourself think, well, then this is all worthless. Then then what does that then say about? Uh, everybody else, you know, you, uh, wrestling is kind of much, much bigger. I don't know. It's it's your contribution to the culture, and so thank you so much for saying that. Because um, I don't know, no, I, that that's the whole dream. That's it, just to help people get over. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and, and you know, I've described you to many people as being sort of when we're talking about the collective, I guess, is like the wrestling community, so to speak. I've described you often as like the best of us because of the way that you think about wrestlers as human beings and just your humanity and um, the way you think about wrestling as art. I think it was in our first episode with you, um, which was probably about a year ago around this time, actually, which is sort of extraordinary, but um, we were very lucky to speak to you then. And I think in that episode is where you had said that wrestling is like the highest form of art. I think about that often and it's framed a lot of how I talk about wrestling and, um, Frame the way that I speak about about wrestlers as human beings. So um, yeah, that, all that to say that I think that uh, that's why this project is so special and why I'm really glad that um, you're doing this and why there'll be more um, because it's, <laughs> it's needed. Um, it is very needed, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, really, thank you. And I um, love everything you were saying about how this is a way of cataloging the industry, much like your J Crown series was. And you can see that in the writing in your uh, sort of introductions, your biographies for each wrestler before their diary piece, which I really loved. And I loved seeing the way that you sort of led into each diary entry. You're like almost Mm. setting the stage, pulling back the curtain in a lot of ways. It's it's really um, extraordinary. And I really like the way that you command the writing there. It's uh, very engaging and it just reminds me so much. And I know Alicia already said that of um, your your previous work. You can see so much of yourself in this piece as well as seeing so much of the wrestlers. And it's just this really incredible collaboration of work in that way. And I'm sure we'll bring that up again and again as well. But uh, I wanna know sort of how you're, previous experience writing uh, the J Crown series sort of prepared you for this format. Um, I think you have some interesting things to say there. I hope so. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You've already talked about how how this is in a way cataloging the industry in a a very similar way. Yeah, I I think with the the J Crown books, the way they changed over over time, the, the first book 
kind of still outselling everything by like two to one. I, I think that's largely because John Snowden can sell stuff, and so he, he kind of put that on his his um, um, imprint, and he, it, it's still it's still the most popular book. But it's about I think most of the people there you, you already know about, you know. So it's the the winners of, of the the Triple Crown and the IWGP heavy and uh, and the, the GFC heavy. And so I mean, it's um, let's say Misawa, you know, and I, I have a, a good friend called Sam who was speaking to me like last year and he was going to sit down, he was going to write a Misawa book and I don't know how that's gone, but I, it's, it's incredibly dangerous to sit down and um, get into something which is, is so not well known, but I think everybody has, has an opinion on it. And I think, it's difficult to I don't present something so familiar from from a new angle or for a different angle or from an angle which is not going to antagonize um, because people have, have very you know deep deep emotions on on certain subjects and um, the thing with that first book is that the, the biographies themselves are, are very very short very brief very limited and really uh, give career highlights and I don't really touch upon anything beneath the surface or the motivations for people doing certain things. Um, by the second book I kind of really started to to get more into the idea of the format and say well I, I, got some, I have a series now and, and I have uh, something which I can build on and I can begin to give a little bit more kind of personal information or I can begin to give more of say why this person did this politically, like perhaps um, the effect then on on the, the broader landscape, and then you know by like the third book that came out last year, it, it was it was a massive book. <laughs> it was a very very big book, and I'd gone from write, writing half a page biographies to to giving everybody at least two or three full pages, and um, in in terms of of writing about somebody's impact, I kind of realized that I was always gonna be more writing from, from my, my personal interpretation of, of who they were or what they did. And I can always write about, let's say the, the um, championships they won or, or the promotions they worked for. And I can always give you a, a trail to follow. You know, should you be interested in, in this, then kind of look into this moment in time or look into that, but I can never really go much further than sort of talking about the physical events that have occurred because I, I don't, again, I'm not qualified to talk really about somebody's uh, emotional response to something, or I'm not, not qualified to talk about um, you know, their, their motivations for doing something. And so I think everything that I had done previously was, was sort of getting closer and closer and closer but I, I, it's not that I've reached a limit necessarily in, in how close I can get. But there's there's more to what is what is happening than, than just a sequence of events that you're 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 watching from this uh, sort of detached perspective. And so you need to know that I think in order to get some degree of, of background on on somebody. But then in order to really understand, I think it needs to be in their own words as as much as possible. And so. It, it had got to that point where where I needed to, I couldn't do it myself anymore. And I needed to definitely get those people in, involved in order to then know that what I was presenting was was true. And with history, that's you know, impossible.
to a degree. So like you're always gonna have to you know balance sources and, and it's it's guesswork and it's intuition. But while while these people are still kind of here, vital and doing their thing, I, I think that's that's necessary to get there now and understand them now and not to look at things in, in hindsight and um, think of the the entertainment that we consume not as something which is then just consumed and cast aside but something which is living and building and growing and um, you need to kind of understand that as soon as you possibly can because then your enjoyment of it going forward will be so much so much more um, satisfying rewarding I think you touched on something that's like really important to me and Rachel and our sort of struggle with with our you know bi-weekly episodes and how do we how do we present information that is um that is true what you know how do how do we present mm. information how do we find it how do we how do we cite it and we sort of struggle with this on a regular basis how do we find um ways to incorporate more things that are in the wrestler's very own words because that is mm. um where the truth we think lies or should lie at least so no yeah. you spoke to that um incredibly beautifully thank you oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> um I did want to touch back on um some of your illustrations because one of the things that I loved about this book is that while there's plenty of illustrations about the wrestlers themselves which anyone that follows your work is going to be very familiar with and just adore there's some great ones um in this book you also have included a lot of illustrations that are not of the wrestlers themselves but they're of uh pets and meals and um places and souvenirs in in some ways too um so i'm just wondering uh if you have a favorite of some of those drawings that are not what we're necessarily always used to seeing uh on your twitter for example tom's selfies in um shibuya um Harajuku I, I like I like those a lot and I like um the the places as well and I forget the name of the distillery um but the the venue that Brian Cleese uh Brian Keith fights in and um Tudukan as well and um no I I like I, I like uh and Pixie Royce Isaac's beautiful dog I, it's it, it was real nice actually to be able to do things that wouldn't necessarily do out of out of um, habit or routine. So it was it was nice to remind myself that I can I can draw. <laughs> was, was, that was that was nice. Yeah, no, no, no. I I liked I liked the whole process. And I, I, if I were to to pick kind of one that is is different, then um, yeah, I liked uh, Tom and Shibuya. I liked that. And, I finished that late in the night, like 2 a.m. And I was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Toms were my favorite, actually. I really liked the um, Ali Anoki program. That thing mm. was pretty cool for me, for sure. As someone who really enjoys that, that lore and just where he bought it from. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. We've always wanted to visit Todakan. So his uh, article or his uh, entry where he was talking about uh, how much he wanted to like live in that store yeah. was really resonated with us but I liked that um those selfies sort of served as bookends to the book as well you get to see because yeah. I was really surprised that we got a part two oh, sorry if that's like a spoiler for the book mm. um but uh, I was I was really surprised to see that and I really liked having those selfies sort of mirror each other and mirror his journey in a lot of ways yeah. No, that was yeah, super conscious. Um, I, I really, he was the last person to to agree to be part of this, and I kind of shifted things around to to fit um, what 
what he was doing because uh, at the end of November he never thought he was going to go back again. He didn't know um, that he'd be going back to Japan. He, you know, everything was up in the air. There was this sense of uh, confusion, and I, I think finishing that first chapter with that, and then in some ways getting some sort of resolution um, through his his final entry, it kind of gives the book this kind of cyclical thing, and it it it, it rounded out nicely, like you said, like the bookends, and it it you know it, it really worked out in that sense. Yeah. I love the choice to put Tom at the beginning and the end, especially, I don't want to get too into yet what he was discussing in his diary entry, but that where he ends in the beginning and then where you leave him at the end, like that note of hope. And I think it speaks to what you were saying about Brian Keith too, where we leave him then and then knowing what Brian Keith goes on to now, that note of hope that runs through that with, I think the two of them in particular, um, I think is really important and um, I think does speak to you, Matt. And I think that's, you know, that's important for why you're driving this sort of sort of project. But that I, I really liked that. Again, like it, it speaks to that, you know, things uh, do get better. And I think that's messaging that people need to hear that we need to hear. So the the choice to do that was uh, was beautiful. It really worked. I mean, um, I mean they, they all do. I mean, to um, to a... Uh... To a certain extent, it's like Jeter at the end of her her section, talking about how she can't wait to see what this new year brings, and um, uh, Akari kind of saying, "No, yeah, I, I lost, but you know, everything is is okay. I'm here with family. I'm growing, and I'm, every loss kind of contributes to them who who I will become." And then there's there's no defeatism in this. You know, the only the only sad note, you know, it's um, Pixie's in the book, and Royce kind of talks about um, getting home and resting on a Sunday with with his dog, and then you know, of course since then um, the dog passed away. You know, and he, he said, "Well, can I can I dedicate my section to to Pixie kind of to to my dog?" And I'm like, "Well, of course you can. <laughs> you can do whatever you like." And so, as well as things are going to get better, and and they will, things things are quite possibly not going to go well. You know, nothing is is guaranteed, and and with with in the next few years, you know, everyone's gonna go through something rough, whatever the fuck it might be. So it's it's like now you've got people who love you. Now you've got things that are important to you. Now you've got things which are which make your Sundays better or your your days better. So like, hold on to them and love them, and and you know, I, I think that that's equally important. So I'm really glad, you know, not really glad that I'm terrible, but I mean it's it's important then to have that moment in time there as well, because they don't last forever, you know, and it's, it's, it's really important to just, again, it's, it's not history, it's, it's life and it's, it's now and it's, it's, it's important to, to kind of hold on to those people and those things whilst you can. No, I think that's so well said. I mean, aren't we sort of experiencing that just sort of topical and timely and what Daisuke Harada is going through, mm. you know, talking about holding on to things while you can. I think that was in a lot of the messaging around his final poster as well. Yeah, um, stay alive. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, stay alive. So I know I think that what you just said speaks sort of um, beautifully to that as well. I mean, it's just life and sometimes the worst possible shit is going to happen to you. So you do have to cherish those things while you have it. I think it's, it is, in, in your words, equally important. One uh, quote I sort of, uh, that dinged in my head, speaking of Royce Isaacs, was from his section uh, that he just stated, I don't know. I'm never really content with my career, but I'm certainly happy with the night I had. 
And that to me speaks to exactly what you guys are saying is that it's about journeys and it's about moments and uh, taking these moments. And that ties beautifully into uh, Daisuke Harada as well and uh, making this moment out of a, a truly terrible thing, but uh, yeah. treasuring what we have while we have it. And this book, of course, is just, like I said, just incredible, but it is also subtitled with volume one. And I know Alicia and I are both very, very hopeful <laughs> to have more of this rare and special look into wrestlers' lives. But do you have any immediate plans for the future that you can share or? <laughs> I'm incredibly impatient, I think. And I, I'm very aware that you know, my time is short or I think time in general is short. So I, I think... I don't stop, and I think to to my detriment, and I think to the detriment of people around me, I, I don't stop kind of doing this. And so I've got I've got a few things like um, I'm just finishing up uh, a set of a hundred and something pictures for um, a book which is going to come out in uh, the summer. It's not mine; I didn't write it, but it's uh, it's called Building Blocks. Um, it's by a guy called Rob. <laughs> he's he's lovely, and he's he's putting together a book of a uh, hundred of the greatest matches to have ever happened and um, not the hundred, but a hundred of the greatest. You know, so that, that's important. And that I've, I've enjoyed that a lot through, again, I think that's pushed me to be better at what I do. Um, lots of action pictures and, and lots of action shots. And um, again, looking at, at moments in time, some of which it, it's been interesting, some of which I, I wouldn't, in any way included in, in any list of anything because I don't want to be drawing Shawn Michael ever. But um, it really then speaks to the, well, what is my taste and, and this person and what have they done? And, and it's, 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 it's all the same art and it's all the same field. And so, I mean, it's, it's really kind of pushed me out of whatever kind of self-righteous zone I'm in. <laughs> and it's like, these are, these are incredibly important matches. So, I mean, that, that's coming out and it's going to be an awesome book um because because it has awesome pictures in and and <laughs> and lovely writing um for for kind of my my stuff there's going to be at least it was going to be a j crown uh and it might be called something different now um by the end of the year um and that would be kind of the first j crown not written by me again i mean i'll be illustrating it but somebody who is is much more of an expert on on that particular promotion has has kindly kind of gone into all the detail and all the depths and, and produced something hopefully magnificent. You know, so that will hopefully be out before the end of the year. And uh, to this series, like um, I was just speaking to someone yesterday and they started their diary for, for volume two. So that that will come out. You know, I was initially thinking maybe April next year, but it might again be before, before Christmas this year. I was always trying to think what I can do and, um, Part of this is, and it's something I wanted to articulate at the end of the the book, and I, I didn't, you know, one thing and the other, kind of everything came together quite quickly in the last few moments, and I, it kind of went out, and I didn't get the, the chance to put anything in, but it's it's also an invitation, really, as, it, like, we're all kind of here, and I, I do kind of say whether you're a wrestler or not, you're on this path, and you're you're going through these same things, but it, and it's it's an invitation for for anyone who wants wants uh, a project done or or something published or something illustrated or whatever just 
I'm incredibly cheap to to the point of being free. If I like what you are doing, I, I will help you and just just get in contact and, and we'll produce as much as we can. <laughs> and um, just general overall consciousness and awareness and just just everybody kind of working to make to make what we're doing better or to make you know what we're we're interested in better and in some way contribute to it as opposed to just comment on it or um i don't i don't know i don't know but um no i'm i'm busy <laughs> that's good we love to hear it some excellent things um coming down the pike for sure i can't wait to get my hands on them certainly. So that's excellent. I think before we move on to some listener questions, we just want to talk kind of broadly about some concepts that we found interesting in roadless travel and get your thoughts on them and see what you think um, before we move into those questions. What I thought was really interesting about roadless travel, this sort of speaks to the way that each wrestler wrote their entry for you, is that there's almost this interesting, um, some people speak very much, you know, and shoot, right? Like quote unquote and shoot. And then there's a little bit of kind of dipping back into kayfabe. And I think that speaks to, you know, this very interesting way that wrestlers can use um, these things to tell story, right? And we talk about that very broadly um, on Kickout. And I just wanted to kind of take your your temperature on that. Um, I think Jetta's chapter for, is like kind of the beautiful example of a lot of this um, in the book. And, you know, she talks about how, uh, you know, they blur the lines of, of reality. She's talking about that in the, in the context of the story she's telling in her, um, in her diary entry. But I wanted to see like, you know, I guess what you what you thought of that, that, that kind of going in and out of kayfabe through the diary entries and what you thought that meant to telling story in professional wrestling. Mm. That's yeah, incredibly important. Really good. Um, I think. I mean, I asked them. They, they could write entirely shoot. They could write um, entirely kayfabe. It, it, it didn't matter to me. You know, whatever they wanted to get over, whatever they wanted to get into the world, whatever they wanted to share. I mean, that, that was sent for them. It's interesting reading Jeter's section through and kind of thinking, well, how many people are here? Like they've got three hundred people maybe maximum 200 people watching you there's an intimacy to the story that telling that you are kind of going into and presenting to the world and it's interesting kind of sitting and thinking well how many people are going to pick up on this level of the story that you are telling and um you know maybe half a dozen or or whatever it might be would actually understand some of the references that she makes but whether they understand it or not, it adds depth to the, the story that, that, that they are telling, that the, the wrestlers themselves are telling. And so that perhaps they would go about what they're doing with more conviction or, or do things which would work on a, a different level for, for people. You know, like, um, like she mentions, like, somebody calling her, her by her name. And also, yeah. imagine you're, you're there and you hear someone say, Vicky. And so, like, of, of the audience, you wonder how many people know that, that she's called Vicky. And that might not have the, oh, they know, so they're, they're playing. And you really don't want them to take themselves out of that and question the storytelling. So, so because if you, you're doing that, then perhaps, I don't know, you've, you've broken the illusion, you've consciously broken the illusion that you're, you're telling a story. I mean, everyone knows, everyone knows. But when you are watching a wrestling show, you, you suspend your disbelief so willingly that you almost resent it when people, or for me anyway, I, I almost resent it when people 
shoot, in, in that they are willingly breaking the illusion that you have thrown yourself into. So I've chosen to throw myself into this illusion. And I'd, it's not that I don't appreciate people playing with the, the art form in that regard. I, I do, but I prefer that than not to be in the ring, not to be at the moment. And I am, I am enjoying <laughs> willingly uh, throwing myself into the fantasy. So what it, going back to that particular story, imagine you have, have people maybe kind of not, not hearing or not knowing, but they would then see the emotional response in the ring and they would react then to that. And so the story that you're, you're telling is as much for yourself as it is for then the people who are, who are watching you. And so it's, it's necessary to, to throw yourself into, I don't know, the, the lie and then to, to break that and to actually consciously, well, no, I'm, I'm yelling at you and I'm my partner and I'm feeling this depth of emotion and that would take you then to a, a very different place. So kind of, I suppose enhancing your, your performance. I don't know. I'm, I'm babbling. No, 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 not at all. I love <clears throat> your, hearing your your personal, I guess, take on what that means to you in the ring. Like your legitimate, you know, feeling and connection to that type of um, storytelling. For me, that moment was fascinating because I've never seen the wrestling, so I don't have a connection to um, that moment, that particular match, and what that meant. However, what I loved about that story is that it was a legitimate, concrete. This is what wrestlers do and, and how they mm. talk to each other and how and how they try things. Because what I found in, in listening to how other people talk about wrestling, I think there's a little bit of a doubt that this is actually how professional wrestlers talk to each other when they're setting up things to try in the ring. Yeah. And I think there's this this sort of thing of like a, you know, sometimes we watch things in the ring and, and we know it doesn't work, but we don't know why. And mm. I think it's because the wrestlers tried something to create story, it didn't work and we're feeling that, but we obviously are never gonna really know the mechanics of that. Yeah. So Jetta actually sort of pulled back the curtain and showed us this was something we talked about. We were unsure if it would work and it did work. And then we yeah. ran with it. And that was what um, I loved about her chapter um, yeah. so much because again, I think it just speaks to that really important piece that gets overlooked a lot is that storytelling can look like a million different things in pro wrestling. And this is one particular way that often I think people forget exists that mm. wrestlers talk about yeah no and it, again it's um it, with professional wrestling and um it, it kind of real life you you watch somebody walking across the street like looking out the window and they're just there they are just doing that it's just a emotion that they're going through you don't know you know why they've gone out you don't know what has provoked them to do that you don't know why they're kind of grumpy today whatever it is with say professional wrestling what Jeddah does particularly like in that section she she breaks down the logic behind the physical uh, that would otherwise yeah, be taken for granted or just okay well they're, they're going through that nothing nothing is to be taken for granted there's a reason for for everything and it, it's that it's this kind of constant awareness of like the semiotics of everything you're doing, everything has to have a, a purpose. Everything has to have an emotional response. So it's like when you you write, you're using you know your words to to unlock things, and you speak, and you, you're choosing particular phrases to unlock things. And when you're you're wrestling, um, you, you've got all of that in your head, and you're you're going through this painful physical process to unlock emotions in um, in your audience. And no, it's just so. I got grateful that she, she took the time and she went through the thought process and yeah, she, she detailed the, the conversation with the, with the, the booker and it's just this, um, 
um, a group process, figure out what would be best, how to how best to then tell this story mm-hmm. and get it out there. So now. I love that she mentions that she felt sometimes like she overthinks it. Um, but when it all goes according to plan, it's it's magic. I think that was close to the exact quote. Yeah. It sometimes can feel like you overthink it, but to have it all go to plan and for everyone to play their role and be on the same page is just magic. And I yeah. think that speaks to something that resonates with a lot of us is that we're wondering, you know, it, it talks about all the millions of ways the story can go, like Alicia said, and these people are thinking about this. They're overthinking. They're trying to anticipate, you know, 300 people's reactions yeah. to something, which, you know, you said was a small number, but that's still 300 people that you're, you're oh, trying. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, yeah. You're trying yeah. to anticipate how they're going to react to something and, and maybe only a portion will get it, but you're still thinking about it. And that's something that really just moved us in this book Mm. and Alicia spoke to this beautifully is that this just these stories humanize these wrestlers and they really make you see them as humans and something Alicia and I talk about all the time is that in this day and age social media is sort of stripping people of their basic empathy we're seeing these things on a screen on you know on Twitter in words and we're not really seeing the depth of it Um, an excellent example is that we all knew Strong was ending. We all knew the changes that were happening to New Japan Strong. Mm -hmm. But then we read um, Tom's first diary entry and he talks about just this disappointment. And you can tell in in the words that he's gutted by it. And it sort of makes you realize like, oh, you know, he he built this, <laughs> he built strong. That was his belt. Actually, you said that beautifully mm-hmm. um, when Kenta won it, you you called it Tom's belt. Yeah, and it really um, humanizes it. And um, then, you know, Alicia mentioned that we had followed the um, auditions for Noah because we're fans of Marafuji and Nakajima and we're invested in mm-hmm. that. But we didn't really think about, you know, the perspective of the losers. And then you get Brian Keith's fantastic entry and you sort of feel the ups and downs, the highs and lows that he felt because of that, um, just this palpable disappointment. And it's incredible to get that humanity in an era where that sort of is not foreign to us, but something maybe we don't think about as much. Yeah, no, um, I think there again, just going back to, to Brian Keith, I mean, I think that we've been relatively good friends for like the last maybe two or three years. And um, going into like why he does stuff, you know, and the fact that he's, he's trying to provide for his family and the fact that you know, he loves his, loves his daughters and like he's, he's just trying to do this to make the best life for, um, for those that, that need him. And the fact that that's then true for, for everyone, you know, they're, they're just out there trying to do the best they can and trying trying to get through life fucking hard <laughs> and they're there in like the, the most unforgiving of environments kind of physically and in, in terms of the way that they've been critiqued um without any degree of yeah understanding of, of what they're going through on a on a daily basis the, the kind of constant pain that they're in you know? and so that's it again to then go back to to what jedda said it's like thinking about it and overthinking this is this is something then that, that consumes 
you as a performer and, and then what you would then be presenting into the world and trying to put out the best possible thing. Um, it, it's impossible to get that through going through Twitter <laughs> or, or um, it, even sitting back and watching a match. I mean, it's, it's impossible to know unless you know, unless you have, have some degree of connection with those people. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, do you, do you warrant having a, a particular connection with those people? Is that something that then you'd be welcome to? Um, you know, because one of the greatest, you know, I'm English, so I, I close the door and that's it. And then the rest of the world can stay outside my door and, and far away. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like we, we live in this, this weird alienated, society you know, where we're all in our little boxes we all kind of crave connection and understanding but we're kind of at the same time not capable of it in a that we i don't know put ourselves sort of willingly in these boxes rather than sort of opening up and and sharing because opening up and sharing means kind of losing precious time that we kind of rather be doing whatever x y and z probably not important i don't know you know it's it's a really unpleasant world that we're we're living in largely because we've lost the empathy with with those people who who would make our lives so much richer so much better absolutely and i do want to mention too before we move into questions like something that came up for me that i thought was um sort of interesting is that there does seem to be a little more of a shift into excuse me into wrestlers wanting to talk more about themselves and what is actually going on beyond the character which I think your book is part of that interesting sort of shift and I thought mm. a lot too about um even in you know the Japanese wrestling side like we are seeing more mm. of that too it's it's changed dramatically even since I started watching in like 2014 like how people are more open in ways that they were not even back then and mm. I thought more recently about even just um Shotaro Ashino of All Japan and how he used his very real memory of being rejected from the New Japan Dojo when he was building to his first like real like program with Yuji Nagata. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that was interesting to me. It's like, you know, he's really like, acknowledging that he like had a tryout for this major dojo, didn't get it. Um, and then used that to build to those, um, those first, like that first real program rather that he had with Yuji Nagata. So um, that reminded me a lot of, you know, what Brian Keith was discussing about in a way that he had this, you know, failed audition for Noah. And it's just interesting to think about where that could take him if that takes him back into the path of Noah one day mm -hmm. and how he can then use that as part of his character. And so I think that those things are just interesting, but it's cool to see your book as a, a part of that, I think, shift um, towards talking about more of these things that are not just in the ring, so to speak. So it's awesome. Oh, I mean, I hope so. And, and no, I, I, I think there's so much of say pro wrestling which is pretense and and keeping certain things hid but at the same time kind of knowing the people performing it, it adds this this much much greater sense i mean it's sort of we're we're all willingly again we're all willingly there suspending our disbelief and and just enjoying professional wrestling for what it is. I mean, it's just awesome as it is. We're not being lied to in any way whatsoever. It's, you're not playing a character, you're, you're being yourself and you're going out there and, and you're wrestling. And um, I think it's it's necessary, I think, you know, for the, the art form to survive, for people to, to really understand what it is and really understand um, what the people performing go through, what it, what it, in order to understand professional wrestling, you know, I think, 
I don't I don't know. There, there's so much to professional wrestling. Again, I kind of always kind of lose myself whenever I kind of approach it. It's it's such a massive thing. It's just important for people to understand each other. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of hope my book helps that, or you know, any future book helps that that kind of global understanding of what people are going through. I think that's actually perfectly said because right from the introduction, you really stress the connection that all these wrestlers talk about like they all drop the names of everyone that's like the one thing mm. they is that they uh make all of these connections to the people who are woven in their lives um i remember akari's was really really good about that um especially like talking about how she was carrying bolshoi on her back like that that sort of thing was was just really um resonates and it draws the reader's attention to the way our stories and journeys link together and are sort of woven against each other and affect each other. And I, I think that's perfectly said, this theme just resonates through your writing. And um, I think it's something that, you know, even through this episode, people can tell is just extremely important to you. Yeah, no, I hope so. And that, that was great. And again, it's um, like from that conversation, it's like, well, great. I get to put bullshit in one of my books. That's good. And um, like uh, Tankman as well for um, mm. for Brian Keith and, and all the people like I kind of wish I had reference for all of the the names he, he kind of brought up. It's like yeah, it's what you mentioned earlier. It's say Alicia that that you didn't know what he looked like until you picked up the book. So it's like let's let's now drink as many people as possible in the next one, as many faces, as many I don't know as as much information as possible. And it's like let's support these people. Yeah, really, really important. Absolutely. And we're going to do now some listener questions. We had a few people that wanted to ask you questions about you and your work and your books. So um, I'll start off with some uh, questions from Dr. Jonathan. He had a few questions for you, Matt. So bear with me while I work through asking you them. But his the first part of his questions were, what was your process like for reaching out to talent? We kind of touched on that. Um, but then was there anyone else that you had maybe wanted to feature in this round, but maybe um, were not able to include in the first round, if you can share that? I'm not sure I can share that. I mean, no, I, I, I really wanted Chris Ridgway um, one way or another uh, in this, but uh, again, his, his life is just so hectic and so busy and his, his focus is, is on being awesome because he's got an incredible important match in in a couple of weeks time with the 19th i think um yeah, so no i mean I'd, I'd like him to be in it because he was uh kind of the inspiration behind the, the thought process kind of again practically putting this book together um but then no i mean there were a couple a couple of people who i reached out to in addition to those um included in the book um again like people who I have a good relationship with, and I'd hope to see them sing volume two. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Dr. Jonathan also asks, um, what are some of the pitfalls you recommend people avoid or things that you recommend when you're putting a book together? Writing. Avoid writing. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, because um, he's like Gambaro, oh, Gambaro and mm -hmm. uh, the Mutogis. I mean, Jonathan's books are incredible i mean he doesn't he doesn't need advice on that no he, he's <laughs> incredible right um no i think like the only thing is, is just be as as strict with yourself as as possible um and understand that uh it, it takes time I and mean, this was a really really quick 
project, but still it's taken maybe a year or it's been present in my mind for a year. And, and that's a quick turnaround. I mean, so a very rigid schedule, make sure that you're as, as strict with yourself as possible. Also, don't do things that you don't like because you're then going to be inclined to, to drift off and, and do other things. I mean, the, the last year was, was a mess, really, like for me, like lots of kind of half-started things that I was half-committed to and, and kind of ultimately didn't care for. And I think that, that taught me a, a big lesson in, in terms of, of producing kind of something like this. Unless you are 100% committed to, to bringing it out, then, then there's no, no point because... It's, it's ultimately going to be for, for you or something that you have created that you can then look at and, and kind of logically think, well, I did this because of this and it has value, inherent value. Whether it's seen by a million people or, or 20, it, it has inherent value. So I think that's it, gonna take away any kind of expectations from out of kind of producing something and just let producing something be the aim, the goal, and, and devote yourself to, to producing that thing. Excellent. And something that uh, I've been thinking about myself lately. So I'm glad you sort of said that. But, uh, Dave Musgrave asks, you are establishing new ground conceptually with your wrestling art. What kind of legacy would you like to leave with it someday? Um, Quite the question. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Dave Musgrave, thank you very much. I mean, I um, I think no, the, the whole it's it's just to remember people like again to uh, if me as as a person like talking about legacy because legacy is is important to me as as a as as a thing as a concept. It's like um, we're going to be gone real fast, and um, I want to I, I want to make the most of the the time that I'm here, but I don't want to make the most of my time by um, focusing on, on me, because ultimately I, I don't matter. I'm, I'm just going to disappear. It, the, the only inherent value to our lives is, is through lifting up the, the people around us so we can um, I know, all achieve more, collectively achieve more. One person can't do anything. So, I mean, in, in terms of, of legacy, it's just to try and make... Uh, my work as valued as possible. So then the, those people who I include in my work are equally as valued as, as they can be. Uh, again, like I mentioned earlier, it's like this, this constant pull to just, to just disappear. And I think I, I fucking suck, you know, like, like a lot of the time I'm, I, I I don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Or I, I question the worth or the value in anything. I and mean, the only thing that kind of keeps me going is, well, um, my daughter and um, the fact that I'm trying to, I've, I've always said that I'm trying to, to elevate other people. And, and it's that, it's just as, as a legacy, what I would hope is that somebody somewhere sees a picture of someone and then books them for a show. And from that show, they make a million dollars or whatever it might be, just, just to ultimately um, in, in, Kind of real time, like uh, benefit people. <laughs> like um, there's for the last six years, I've been kind of posting on on Twitter or seven years now, daily. Like people have have bought my pictures, like like you guys. I, I can't 
tell you how much I appreciate that. And it's, it's what I always used to say, like in the first um, things as a, as a thank you, I'd write a note saying, I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to make the pictures which you bought worth something because like you've invested your, your hard earned money in what, what I'm doing. So I, it's, it's that just as a, I'm not sure like conceptually I'm breaking all that new ground, but like I want, I, do, I, do, I don't know. I just want it to be to be valuable. So then that would be some way of repaying those people who've had faith in, in what I've done up to this point. Is that okay? I, you know, yeah. Very weak. Having a very normal but, uh, reaction I can to promise it. you. I can promise you from the bottom of uh, our hearts that your work holds a lot of value to us um, beyond monetary value ever can. And I know lots and lots of people who have your work and look at your work every day feel the exact same way. Just want to say that. Thank you. <clears throat> Can I read the next question? <laughs> Being normal. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Dan Ball asks, what is your process for drawing venues and buildings? And do you hope to do more illustrations like this in future projects if it calls for that context? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love Dan, by the way, just super fast. Like, um, I have been terrible with keeping in contact with Dan. He's been so patient and super kind, and he sends me lovely messages, and I can, I can barely spring sentences together, like, in the evening time. Thank you, Dan, for, if you're listening, still being my friend. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing with, um, say, bigger um, pictures like that, and, uh, they, they take a little bit more time. And so kind of uh, being conscious of the daily on Twitter, otherwise the world explodes kind of mentality. I kind of uh, do maybe two or three quick portraits beforehand. So I have a few days lined up to then devote myself to a, a larger piece. Um, but otherwise, no, is it the same as, same as a portrait, kind of rough sketch, kind of, and then flesh it out and, and add detail. And it just takes a little bit longer. I mean, I think the hardest thing is just juggling time. It's, it's always time. I need more hours in the day and I need for this to be my profession as opposed to what drives me. Um, and if, if those two things could be the same at one point, that would be, that would be nice. But um, yeah, so it is that. It's just juggling time. And I think um, before before starting something like a, like a building, which requires just a little bit more detail, yeah allowing myself that time. Dan also asked a very good follow-up question, but do you have a moment or three for being three months deep in 2023 that has struck you most or kept your love of wrestling going? I don't know. I'm, I'm so ensconced in my own little world. Um, so, I mean, Wrestle Kingdom was lovely. That was this year. Um, I thought Wrestle Kingdom was, was great actually, uh, a, a kind of stripping back and a return to just a pure wrestling show. I thought it was a, a very varied, very interesting card, which which hit a lot of emotion. Like Jay is, is so important to me personally and, and professionally. I think as a, as a worker, he's just, I don't know, un, untouchable. The way that he, again, takes it on, on so many different levels. I mean, physically what he does in the ring is, is exquisite but like also the fact that it's like he's, he's constantly i don't know working and an angle or, or an emotion or presenting something he's incredibly interesting super super sweet i kind of never forget 
like when I, I started kind of um, uh, on Twitter, I was, I, I didn't know what I wanted Shining Wizard designs to be. I definitely didn't want to be by myself. And so like I, I was um, doing kind of t-shirts and posters and I did something for, for Shikara and um, you know, I thought, well, okay, I can be a, a t-shirt person. And I think um, one of his first t-shirts, um, he, he was asking for designs and things and um, I sent him a couple of ideas and um, we got into a back and forth. And I'll never forget that he kind of took the time to kind of say, oh, hey, you know, you're working on this. I actually chose somebody else. So like, don't worry about it. And, and thank you all the same. Just that, because uh, a lot of people kind of who work for the, the bigger companies would not even give you kind of second thought. It's like, no, so I've chosen somebody else and I'm not gonna get back to somebody whose design I haven't, haven't chosen. Um, you know, just that he had the kind of politeness to kind of get back and um, and kind of say, no, don't don't worry about it. I kind of always had in my head that it's, it's the sweetest thing. And then like any interaction we've had after that, it's just been again super sweet, super geek, super patient. Anyway, so Wrestle Kingdom was good. Um, Muto's retirement show was fantastic as well. Staying in the Tokyo Dome, so it was nice to see Noah back in the, the Tokyo Dome. Gaia Hawks as well like his recent tour. I, I like seeing him back there. He's, he's a lovely guy. What else is happening? Suzu Suzuki won a belt in stardom. That's good. <laughs> and all the prominence existing. That's good. Um, the All-Star Junior thing as well from last week or the week before. Um, again, that's incredible. I think just the continue, like something the, the kind of started last year um, with the NOAA New Japan crossover, just um, and like prominence emerging at that time. Um, just the the emphasis being on the, the wrestlers and the talent and stripping all this kind of tribalism of you work for X or Y, just the fact that the, the door is open for people to work and, and shine together. And it's, it's the thing with that all-star uh, event like um, Hiromu's team, um, the, the champs from from Michi Pro and and Noah and um, and and New Japan uh, all together, and everyone being invited to Michi Pro after. I think you no, know, the, 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 the wrestling's in a in a good place. I think or Japanese wrestling's in a good place. I don't know what's going on in America. I know Brian Danielson's doing stuff, which <laughs> and I know, That's all I know too. <laughs> and Genericals doing fantastically for himself. And um, like that actually, I like, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what's happening with, with Sami Zayn. Um, but again, just, just Twitter exists. And so I know that he's in big angles and making big money and <laughs> good for him. Again, so I mean, it's, it's telling the story, whatever it is, and, and just seeing good people doing great things. And the fact that they're not confined to to a box or to a company they can go wherever they might want to go and like jake lee as well like who's who's challenging for the for the ghc um heavyweight that's fucking great you know uh, great i mean so there's there's so many people who are getting the spotlight through their work and through their i don't know to just uh, through being who they are there's uh it, it doesn't seem that they're Kind of politicking into these situations like the, the old guard is is kind of still there and i think um you know but the 
I think that like specifically in New Japan, perhaps, there needs to be a change of who is presented in the, in the top top roles or, or the top of the card. I think that's happening. And I, I don't know, I, everything I've seen of wrestling this year it kind of continues to be good. That's good, all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we agree with you pretty much on every level there. Seems to be a, a good wave of momentum compared to especially where we were, I think, at the beginning of 2022, at least for me, it was tough. Starting 2022 was tough, um, but starting 2023 in wrestling seems a lot more positive for a lot more extraordinarily cool things and uh, mm. a lot less restrictions on the wrestlers like you touched on. So always a good thing. Yeah, I'm beginning to feel a lot of hope. And so I think that's uh, what you're getting at too. And that's something that's uh, definitely very important to us and to you and to this book um, is, <laughs> is feeling that that hope and that joy in wrestling. And uh, that's what carries us forward. So I think that's wonderful. You touched on all of that. Uh, our next question, our final question, Henry asks, do you have a different strategy or thought process for making art for a book rather than your more general, like your daily art on Twitter? Not really. I think I might be more conscious of the fact that it has um, it has a destination. Like I, I, so I, I would maybe use a different type of paper. Um, the the daily stuff on Twitter is on like the cheapest. Uh, the high school um, sketch pads that you can find it's like a couple of couple of euros I mean it's not because I'm, I'm cheaper I think it just happens to soak up ink in a particular way and it, it, it works out it, it for somehow work um, but for the for the books I'd always try and, and choose a type of paper that will scan well for example so things with a, a denser or, or a smoother grain to it so you, you can't see the the grain when you scan it and um I think that would be the only conscious change to to the process, as it were. I, I think I might be more more careful, <laughs> or a little bit more precise. Um, but I'm a little bit obsessive with regards to to what I do. So I think that's that's true always. Um, I mean, there's the stuff which I post, but then I throw an awful lot of stuff away too. <laughs> so um, I think that's it. I, I, I try not to throw those things away. Thanks for the, the book. So I, I try and get that right the first time now. So um, a little bit more careful. Like, but apart from that, no. <laughs> no big difference. Yeah, I think uh, both Alicia and I can empathize with that sort of carefulness and that perfectionism, that uh, that obsession with uh, doing everything right the first time. It's, it's definitely something we feel, but uh, it shows. It shows in your work and your... Um, like you said, the the work for your book and on Twitter is both just really, really fantastic. And we encourage people to check that out if you want to one more time plug yourself, or I guess we can plug you. Well, my, I'm Matt still. Uh, I'm Shining Wizard DS on Twitter and Shining Wizard Designs on Instagram. And um, yeah, I, I, I draw stuff. Kind of like I was saying earlier, uh, just real fast, like the, the book being an invitation. I mean, it's it's always that. It's like um, if you if you do have an idea or if you do want to work on something, just and tell me. Like get in contact and and say hey, and and yeah, we'll work something out. And it's I don't know. There's nothing I can say, really. I mean, it's just do keep going and 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 stick with it because. Um, I don't know, like like you guys, particularly like Rachel, Alicia, like what you're doing with your platform is, is beautiful. Like the people you have on uh, and talk about 
um, like this 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 world, like the wrestling world, and they do it with so much love and and compassion, and you guys as well, like the patience that you have, um, and the patience that you've had with me as I fucking babble away. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm so grateful, and again, it it doesn't have to be a negative space. Like um, the space that we create for ourselves doesn't have to be a negative space, no, because and it, I, it really just like. I, who who the fuck am I? I'm, I'm no one again, but I'm here and, and you're there and, and like together we can kind of build stuff. So if you do have an idea, tell me about it, get in contact and, and we'll make it happen somehow. I'm with Matt. I think in these extraordinary times, we can only rely on each other. We can only build community and we can only create art. I think that's sort of the uh, the underlying theme here is that art is important and we can only create art together. So please give Matt a follow on Twitter and on Instagram. I will make sure to link those in the show notes. Please make sure you buy A Companion on a Road Less Traveled, Volume 1 on Amazon. You can pick up any of the J Crown series there as well. And please reach out to Matt to purchase his beautiful art as well. Um, we would appreciate that. We also have a... Um, giveaway for a copy of Road Less Traveled as well, which runs through, I believe, the 20th. Rachel, am I correct in that? Yep. They are saying yes, I am correct. So we have that competition <laughs> running through the 20th. So please go to kickout299 on Twitter if you would like a chance to win a copy. But I highly recommend that you just go to Amazon and support Matt and get your copy like in the next day or two via Amazon. You will not regret it. And thank you all so much. I just wanted to leave you with one quote from the beautiful introduction from this book. That's don't forget, even if it might seem so at times, you're not alone out there. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>